This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. اللهم اجعلنا من الذين آمنوا وعملوا الصالحات وتواصوا بالحق وتواصوا بالصبر آمين يا رب العالمين. In today's khutbah, I'd like to share with you some reflections from uh, two ayat of Surah Al-Baqarah. These ayat are towards the end of Surah Al-Baqarah, and these ayat deal with a particular chapter, a small chapter in the history of Bani Israel. First and foremost, just a quick comment about the nature of the discussion about Bani Israel in the Quran. These are the most talked about nation in the Qur'an. Allah talked about their history in more elaborate detail than any other. And Allah Azza wa Jal gave us them their history as a point of reference. What they went through, in a sense, should mentally prepare the Muslims for what they will have to deal with. This is the ummah that was chosen by Allah, honored by Allah in the past. They had many trials and they had many failures. Now Allah is recording those trials and those failures because now we are the ummah that are going to go through trials and we should learn from their mistakes and not fall into the same failures. This is why one significant difference between us and them is Allah gave them lots of prophets. We have one messenger wasallam. Allah gave them كُلَّمَا هَلَكَ نَبِيٌّ خَلَفَ نَبِيٌّ as the narration says. Every time one would die, another would take his place. Continuous chain of prophets. But interestingly, as a parallel, the Messenger would also tell us, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Ulama Ummatika Anbiya Bani Israel. The Prophet the, the, the scholars of my Ummah, the teachers of my Ummah, the knowledgeable of my Ummah play the role of the Anbiya of Bani Israel. In other words, the job of those prophets was not to give new books. Those prophets of Banu Israel, for the most part, they didn't give new revelation. They only taught Torah again. They refreshed the understanding of Wahi again. And they renewed the people again. And that's what the job of the alim, the da'i, the, you know, the knowledgeable among the community, that's what his job is, is to re- refresh the role of the sunnah of the messenger of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what they're supposed to do. So they play the same role in that sense of reviving the ummah. Today what I wanted to talk to you about in this particular chapter in the history of the Israelites is very peculiar. And there's a reason I chose this passage, not just because of where I am today, but where the ummah is today. Many of us have a lot of questions about the relationship between Islam and politics. Where do you draw the line between the religion, and where does the role of Islam, and where does it enter the space of politics? And the Book of Allah teaches us some incredible lessons by means of story to help us understand some of the teachings of our deen in terms of the, the Muslim thinking about politics and how we're supposed to be intelligent citizens. The scene painted here is of the, the Alam tara ila al-mala min Bani Israel. Didn't you look to the chiefs, the leaders, from among the children of Israel? So they're the ummah of that time, and Allah is referring to their leadership. And their leadership is basically 12 tribes, and each of their tribes has their own governor, you can say. And the governor has his own council. So some argue that each of them had about six members in their council, so altogether 72 politicians. 72 people in the Senate of the Israelites, okay? And they were pretty divided among each other. 
And while they were divided among each other, fighting against each other, politically campaigning against each other, who's going to be the governor of one tribe, who will win, and then among all of them, who will be the president on top, or the prime minister on top, there are all these politics happening within them, and they were so ugly, the politics, that they became weak. And when they became weak, outside enemies were easy, it was easy for outside enemies to attack them. Because they were too busy fighting each other, weakening each other. So this is a scenario in which the Israelites find themselves, they are politically very divided, they cannot come to agreement about who should be their leader. And as a result, they become weak, and when they become weak, they are being attacked by outsiders. Now at that time, because they believed that the leader should come from one of the governors, let's just imagine these 12 governors. If we're going to have a president, it's gonna have to be one of us. So they go to their prophet. Allah says, "If They go to a prophet that they had and told him, pick a king among us. Appoint a king. Then we will fight in Allah's path. Now there's a few things to consider here. Why are they going to a prophet? As a matter of fact, if there's a prophet among them, there shouldn't be a question who should be the president. <laughs> that question is already answered by the fact that there's a prophet there. But no, they go to this prophet and they say, you need to pick a king among ourselves. Now the other interesting thing here is the nature of political campaigning. These people are not liked by their followers. They have bad corruption on their record. But if the prophet who lives among them, and the Quran doesn't mention his name in Torah, we learn his name is Samuel, our Mufassirun will call him Shamwil. They go to him and they're trying to convince him to pick one of them. Why? Because if the Prophet votes for one of them, that becomes the Islamic vote. So now everybody else will say it's a sunnah to vote for this one. Because the Prophet voted for that one. They're trying to win the vote of the Prophet not because they're interested in following the Prophet. They're, they're interested in the Prophet's vote because once he endorses one candidate, that is the religiously right thing to do, is to endorse that candidate. In other words, and I told you the parallel, right? Our, our uh, religious leadership, in a sense, plays the role of the prophets of the Israelites. When religious leadership, when a scholar who has lots of followers, lots of people that are influenced by his thinking, by his durus, by his khutub and things like that, he can have a political opinion, it's possible. And when he has a political opinion, all of his followers are going to think he must have that political opinion based on his understanding of Islam. And therefore, voting like he did, or having the same political opinion, is the Islamic thing to do. But the thing is, even though I'm standing here in the position of a khatib, I have my opinion about sports. I also have my opinion about politics. I also have my opinion about cars. I also have my opinion about food. I have lots of opinions. But, and I have my opinions about education. Just like I have my opinions about politics. But my opinions on all of those things are not inspired by the Qur'an. I like barbecue chicken not because I studied that in tafsir. That's my personal preference. I can have my reasons for picking one candidate over another, and maybe somebody who is more scholarly than I am, or just, there are two scholars, they're equally qualified, but they have two different political opinions. Is that possible? Sure. Does that mean one of them is more Islamic and the other one is less Islamic? No. Because this is a matter of understanding what happened, what the, the occurrences of worldly affairs. 
But they realize that they don't have that kind of legitimacy among the people. These politicians, they don't have legitimacy. People see them as corrupt. But they see the Prophet as righteous, as good. So if they can win the Prophet's vote, one of them, then they will guarantee to win the election. Because then they will use religion as a means of their legitimacy. So they come to him. And Allah describes this so beautifully. لَمْ يَقُلْ نَبِيِّهِمْ They came to their Prophet. They said, a Prophet that they had. There's a, there's a separation done between the word Nabi and Lahum. As if to suggest he's a Prophet, but they're not really that close to him. They're only showing their religious loyalty artificially. And they're trying to manipulate this Prophet. And the way, the way they say it is, you need to pick a king among us. Why should I vote for one of you? نُقَاتِلْ فِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ We're gonna fight in Allah's path. In other words, they come to the, the, the Imam of their time, the Prophet of their time. And they come and they say to him, you need to do this because this will serve the cause of Allah. Because they know the Prophet is not interested in politics, but the Prophet will be interested in the path of Allah. So sell him what he will be interested in. They're trying to manipulate the leader. What are we learning as an ummah? There will be politicians who will try to manipulate religious leadership. They will come to religious leaders and they will say to them, you need to vote this way or that way because that's, we're gonna serve the cause of deen. We're gonna serve Islam. And the scholar, if they're not sharp, they, 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 know the, they know the text, they know the riwayah, they know the tradition, they know tafsir, they know usul, they know fiqh, aqidah, sharia. But if they don't understand politics, then they can be played with very easily. They need to be sharp on the street smart. So what does he do? When they come to him and say, pick a, pick a king among us, because we're being attacked from the outside, we need to have unified leadership, and once you pick a king among us, we will fight in Allah's path. He responds and says, He says, it's very likely, you people, even if fighting was revealed by Allah, now right now you're saying, you will fight in the path of Allah. And Allah, he said, the Prophet says to them, even if fighting was given in revelation to you, you people wouldn't fight. You're politicians, you do the talking. You'll send our sons to fight. What do you mean you're gonna fight? You don't fight anything. So the, 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 the Prophet saw right through it. I'm not buying into your propaganda. I'm not interested in your empty speech. Don't sell me you're gonna fight in the path of Allah. You are not the kind of people who fight for anything. You don't fight for anything. They, then they get upset. They say, what will, what will be wrong with us? Of course we would fight in Allah's path. We were the ones kicked out of our homes. We were the ones separated from our children. In other words, we have gone through oppression. Of course we're gonna fight in the path of Allah. And then Allah stops the story and comments. They gave such a powerful speech. Why shouldn't we fight in the path of Allah? We were kicked out of our homes. We were separated from our children. See, politicians give good speeches. They give very powerful speech. And people listen and like, oh yeah, voting for him. And what happens next? After this amazing speech that they even gave to their Prophet, Allah says when fighting was in fact revealed on them, first they all volunteered to fight, but now it's been revealed. And then Allah says they turned their backs. Except very few among them. In other words, not all politicians are the same. Some are also good, but the good politicians are very rare to find. They're qalilam minhum. What a Quranic commentary. It's not, we don't brush all of them with the same stroke and say they're all corrupt, they're all messed up, they're good among them, but they're rare to find. And you can find them, how? 
the ones that get their hands dirty, the ones that do the work on the ground, the ones that mingle with the people and make the effort. تَوَلَّوا إِلَّا قَلِيلًا مِنْهُمْ اللَّهُ عَلِيمٌ بِالظَّالِمِينَ Now they're, they're thinking, fine, this Prophet has given us this, we've given him the speech, he's gonna have to pick one of us, one of the twelve, because we are the experienced politicians, we are the ones that have experience and qualifications, and we have the campaign finances to run this thing, and to run government, because you know what the belief became in a corrupted society? And by the way, this is a Muslim society of that time. Don't think of them as non-Muslims. Banu Israel were the Muslims of that time. In their minds it became, the wealthy deserve to be in political positions. If you're a millionaire, billionaire, if you're, if you're well established, and if you've got lots of businesses, and you have a lot of social backing behind you, you not, naturally you're the kind of people that deserve to be in positions of governance. You should be given those responsibilities. What does Allah do? Allah flips this equation. This Prophet says, basically, I'll come back, I'll tell you. He takes his time, revelation comes to this Prophet. He comes back and says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ قَدْ بَعَثَ لَكُمْ طَالُوتَ مَلِكًا The Prophet comes and says to them, by the way, Talut has been the chosen one. Talut is the elected one, and I'm not voting for him, Allah has voted for him. <laughs> Is by Allah, Talut is the one that Allah has chosen, except none of their name is Talut. Who's this Talut guy? The Israelite narrations will tell us he was a shepherd up in the mountains, nobody knew him, he lived with his father alone. And he used to just take care of his sheep. And he finds this tall young man, brings him over and says, this is your new president. This guy from the farm, this is your new president. And all these 12 governors are sitting there, this guy? How in the world is he, him, going to have government over us? See, they didn't say, They don't say, how can he run the country? They didn't say that. How can he run the nation? They said, how can he run over us? <laughs> See, the truth is coming out now. Their problem is, no can be, nobody can be above me. They're not, their concern is not governing the nation. Their concern is remaining in power. That's their concern. And we are more worthy to run the government than he is. And on top of all of the reasons that he should not be picked to run, he hasn't been given a lot of money. If Allah wanted him to be president, he would have been a millionaire. He, he comes from the village. He's a farmer. He's a shepherd. If Allah wanted him, he would have had a lot more in dunya. You see? Now interestingly enough, who voted for Talut? Inna Allaha qad ba'ath. Allah has chosen. Allah has appointed Talut. So when they say, that doesn't make any sense. We can't accept Talut. That doesn't add up. Who are they questioning? Allah Azawajal. These are the same people, a couple of minutes ago, they came to the Prophet and they were so convincing, نُقَاتِلْ فِي سَبِيلِ We're ready to fight in the path of Allah. We're ready to die for Allah. And just a few moments later, Allah gives an instruction and says, No, excuse me, what? Just because Allah said? You see, the truth comes out very quickly. When it's put to the test, the truth comes out very quickly. All that fake, powerful speech, just poof, 
vanished into thin air and their, their, their true nature was exposed. That they didn't really believe in revelation. You know, a lot of times politicians will, this happens in the Christian world, in the Muslim world, in the Jewish world, in the Hindu world, all over the world. Politicians will act like they're religious. They'll show in a public state, you know, they'll, the politicians in America, Donald Trump will show up at a church. He'll, he has no reason to ever go to a church. Except election season. You understand? They'll do it to show people that they have reverence. This is what the Quraysh used to do with the Kaaba. They used to go to the Kaaba and Allah says, you know, They don't pray because they want to pray at the Kaaba. They pray because it's good public relations, it's good publicity for their campaign. Because they're in control, because people think they're religious. So this religion is shown to show you know, political legitimacy. To give people the impression one is more Islamic than the other, one is more Christian than the other, one is more Jewish than the other, one is better taking care of the Kaaba than the other. That's the manipulation that's done. So Allah Azza wa Jalla exposes them in this in this such a brief story, but every bit of it exposes the dirty nature of politics and how people of Deen can easily be manipulated. That they have to take a step back and look at the reality of things. We don't assume people are corrupt. And we don't assume people are good, but we, what's the principle? The principle in Quran is, إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْمُرُكُمْ أَن تُؤَدُّوا الْأَمَانَاتِ إِلَىٰ أَهْلِهَا Allah commands you, you should give responsibilities and trust to people who deserve them. To people who deserve them. You know? That's the real, is there, are they qualified? Are they qualified or not? If somebody makes the argument, this one has more taqwa than that one, how can you get judged taqwa? Where did you get, get taqwa measure from? Allah says a taqwa huna. The Messenger says a taqwa huna. Quran says in nadalika min taqwa qulub. Taqwa lies inside of the hearts. How are you and I judging this one has more taqwa than that one? We don't know that. All we can judge is track record. All we can judge is performance. All we can judge is qualifications. That's all we can judge. And that's how this responsibility has to be fulfilled. And Allah doesn't just say, you should do this. Allah commanded the ummah, give responsibilities to those who you feel are or convinced are most qualified. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْمُرُكُمْ أَن تُؤَدُّوا لَمَنَاتِ إِلَىٰ أَهْلِهَا That's the command of Allah to you. So now in this story, when Talut was picked, and they questioned, the Prophet came back again and said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ اصْطَفَهُ عَلَيْكُمْ It is no doubt Allah, He's the one who's chosen Him over you. And he's chosen them because of his purity, almost as if to say, you people are all impure. You guys are impure. وَزَادَهُ بَسْلَطًا فِي الْعِلْمِ وَالْجِسْمِ And Allah has made him far more, Allah has given him expanse, meaning Allah has enhanced him in two ways. In knowledge, none of you are as educated as he is. وَالْجِسْمِ And physically he's very capable. Hey, you were suggesting you're going to do fight in the path of Allah, right? Can any of you show me if you're more qualified to fight than he is? Want to come in the ring and... Figure it out that way, you know. And he's the tallest among them. That's why he's called Talut, you know. And so, as he does this, as this this dialogue happens, I won't. I'm not here to tell you the entire story, but I wanted to show you that the the stories in the Quran, they each bit of them, it, it embeds inside it such profound teachings that if we understood the way we live as citizens. The way we deal with leadership, we wouldn't be naive. We wouldn't. Be, it would not be easy for us to be taken for a ride. Not the not the common among us, not the religious among us. Just because you and I may be more knowledgeable in deen, doesn't make us savvy in understanding the nature of politics. 
Those are two very different things. And in this story, we're actually learning that the, the ulama and the people of knowledge, they have to understand politics very deeply. So they don't get taken advantage of. Understand this. You know, the, the, the mimbar is a very powerful place. If I stand in the mimbar and I'm standing in somewhere in the Muslim world and I speak in favor of one or I speak against another in, pol- in the world of politics, there are a hundred thousand people at the in Jum'ah, there are 50,000 people at Jum'ah. You can create a riot after your khutbah. You can create chaos after because of your khutbah. You can. And people will die because of your words. That scholar may never have lifted a gun. That khatib may never have picked up a sword. But he has blood on his hands. There's blood on his hands because of the irresponsibility of speaking about something that he or she knows, or he knows that they'll create chaos. Subhanallah. Be very careful in this, in this space. And not, not to confuse these two things with one another. And this is the sunnah of this prophet that's mentioned of Banu Israel, that when, when, when this religious you know, rhetoric, this religious propaganda was given to him by politicians, he saw right through it. Not interesting. No, no, no. And then the truth came out. Because these, these people are put in a position of public service. We make genuine, genuine dua that all of the people that are engaged in these positions of public service, that Allah Azza wa Jal gives them sincerity, gives them the ability to do their job and to serve their people in the best possible way. We make dua that Allah gives us the wisdom and the, the intelligence to pick the right kinds of leaders and to empower those leaders that they recognize if they're making a mistake, that they're able to change course. And Because we're all human beings, we're never gonna have perfect leaders, just like we're never gonna be perfect ourselves. So just because our, our governments are not perfect, or our governors are not perfect, or our presidents or prime ministers are not perfect, that doesn't mean they don't, have, they don't deserve their job. If you're waiting for perfection, wait until you go into the ground and hope for Jannah, then you can find perf- perfection. Perfection is not gonna happen here. I'm never gonna be perfect, nor is our leadership. But so long as there is a strive to improve, and there's honesty, and there's a commitment to principles, that we can all commit to, and we can all hold each other to, then inshallah ta'ala this world becomes a better and better place. Barakallahu li wa lakum fil Qur'an al-Hakim, wa nafa'ni wa iyaakum bil ayati wa zikr al-Hakim. Alhamdulillahi wa kafa, wa salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-lazina astafa, khususan ala afdalihim wa khatam al-nabiyyin Muhammadin al-Amin, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. يقول الله عز وجل في كتابه الكريم بعد أن أقول أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم في العالمين إنك حميد مجيد عباد الله رحمكم الله اتقوا الله إن الله يأمر بالعدل والإحسان وإيتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر ولذكر الله أكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون أقم الصلاة إن الصلاة كانت على المؤمنين كتابا موقوتا